Before we begin our Torah study tonight, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam asher kedushenu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. It was said of the sons of Issachar that they understood the times and they knew what to do. And I think the same could be said of Joseph. He understood his times and he knew what to do. And the same could be said of the parents of Moses. They understood their times and they knew what to do. And I think the same could be said of Moses himself. He understood his times and he knew what to do. Each of their times was quite different. The needs were quite different. In fact, each generation was quite different. But the tenacious faith and the moral courage of each of these enabled them to serve their generation in its time and according to its needs. So each served in different ways, different and yet similar. Similar because they all demonstrated faith and moral courage. Our times and our needs today are different from those of Joseph and Moses, but we can learn from them. We can also serve our generation in its times and according to its needs. Sometimes we serve our generation by serving our own family members. That's what Joseph did. Sometimes we serve our generation by serving the people after we've moved away from family and we're living in a new city or country and we serve our generation, even if the people we're called to serve are extremely different from us. That's also what Joseph did when he served the Egyptians. Sometimes we serve people who are prisoners. Sometimes we serve people who are hungry. Sometimes we serve people who have lots of food, and sometimes we serve people who are quite poor. Sometimes we serve people who have lots of money. Joseph did all that. At different times, Joseph served his generation in very different ways, according to very different needs. And we can learn something for ourselves. We can learn to serve our generation in its times and according to its needs. What do we need in order to do that? It's a good question. And I think we need heart. We need faith. We need flexibility. We need knowledge. We need understanding. We need wisdom. And above it all, to tie it all in together, we need love. It takes all of these qualities together, and they can work together so that we can serve our generation. As we begin reading Exodus, we read that Joseph's generation had died. Everyone from that generation was gone. Everyone from that time period, not just one age group. In Exodus chapter 1, starting in verse 6, it says, Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation but the sons of Israel, the children of Israel were fruitful and they increased greatly and they multiplied and they became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. Verse eight, now a new king or Pharaoh arose over Egypt who did not know 
Joseph. And he said to his people, behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, or else they will multiply. And in the event of war, they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. So they put slave masters or taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built for Pharaoh the storage cities of Pitom and Ramses. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied and expanded until the Egyptians came to dread the people of Israel, and they worked them relentlessly, making their lives bitter with hard labor, digging clay, making bricks, all kinds of field work, and in all this toil, they were shown no mercy. So the Hebrews, that is the children of Israel, still lived in the land of Egypt, but Egypt changed. A new king arose over Egypt, and he did not know Joseph. It's in fact the end of an era. Israel is now at a turning point. The people are facing a critical juncture. A new pharaoh, a new era. The Joseph era was finished, and God was at work, even as the times were changing. The children of Israel were enslaved. Now their sons were targeted for death, and yet one couple decided to serve their generation in its times and according to its needs. Exodus 2 opens with this. A man from the family of Levi or Levi took a woman who descended also from Levi as his wife. And when she conceived and had a son, upon seeing what a fine child he was, she hid him for three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took a papyrus basket, coated it with clay and tar, put the child in it, and placed it upon or among the reeds on the riverbank. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. So this couple had a son, and they hid him. They took care of him, and they, they did their part. Even later, when they gave him up for adoption, they were trusting the Lord, and in fact, they were serving their generation. Sometimes having a baby and giving him life turns out to be a radical act of service in a generation. Sometimes having a baby and giving him up for adoption is a radical act of service in a generation. That's how it was for this one couple. When Pharaoh ordered midwives to throw newborn Hebrew boys into the river, this couple served their generation by saving the life of their newborn son. They understood the times and they knew what to do. They showed great faith and moral courage and true love. And their little boy lived and he was rescued. We all know him today as Moses or Moshe. Taking care of that one little boy was a radical act of service in a generation. That was what the times required. That was the need. Showing compassion, care, and kindness can be a radical act of service that benefits an entire generation. 
Think about the unprecedented impact that Moses had on his generation. Of course, we all know about Moses' impact, but none of it would have been possible without his parents doing their part, and they did not know how things were going to turn out. They knew Moses was special, but honestly, don't we all think our children are special? Moses turned out to be exceptional. Hebrews 11, verses 23 and 24 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. So by faith, what that means is his parents were being faithful because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. They did not allow the the consequences that might be against them from the king's edict, to stop them from saving the life of their very own son. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, he did not allow himself to give himself over to the life that he might have had as part of the royal household. He had been adopted, and yet he chose to stay connected to his kinfolk, the children of Israel. Now, let's take a moment and think about that slave generation in Egypt. They cried out to God for deliverance. Their times were terrible. That generation needed a deliverer. They needed a leader, and God heard their cry. And the answer required think about it, yet one more child to be born, one more son to be raised up, one more child to be taught and educated, one more young person to be trained. And only after all that could that generation have what it needs, or rather who it needs. Moses served his generation. It was not easy, and yet he served his generation in its times and according to its needs. The whole time, think about it, that Moses was a shepherd in exile, he was serving his generation. When he married and had children, he was serving his generation because getting ready is part of serving. Doing your part all along the way is part of serving. When Moses returned to Egypt, he was serving his generation in its time according to its needs. It took almost two generations, or what we think of as two generations, a total of 80 years, for Moses to be ready to lead the children of Israel, and for that generation to be ready to be led by Moses. Or you could say it this way, it took that long before the times were ready. The times and the seasons, it took that long to reach the critical juncture. What would be the turning point? And then it was time. And the Lord said to Moses, it's time to go back to Egypt. Going back to Egypt was required of Moses in order to serve his generation in its time according to its needs. Moses surrendered to God, not to his own circumstances. Moses gave the purposes and the promises of God the very highest place 
in his heart and in his mind. And then Moses was able to serve actively that generation in Egypt and the new generation born on the journey to the promised land. He knew this was the time. He understood the times and knew what to do. He served his generation in its times and according to its needs. You and I are not Joseph. We are not Moses. We aren't Moses' parents. But I want to tell you something. We also can serve our generation. We can serve during these times and these seasons. Young people, you can serve your generation. Grandparents, you can serve your generation. High schoolers, college students, young adults, new families, old families, you also can serve your generation. And here's something important to understand. Your generation means more than people of only your same age group. It includes those who are living at the same time you are living. So young and old together. Baby boomers, let's tell the truth. I'm a baby boomer. So let's just be honest, folks. We have to interact with all sorts of age groups, don't we? And high school students, you can also tell the truth. You have to interact with all sorts of age groups too, don't you? In fact, life I think is more beautiful when different age groups enjoy being together. I love to see young people. I love to see our young people. I love to see our young people at Beth Israel serving and ministering. I love it when young people are serving older people, and I love to see older people serving younger people. When there's reciprocity like that, it's a beautiful thing. Sandy and I were at the IMCS Rabbis Conference in Orlando this past week, and it was a really encouraging time for us. And we bring you greetings from the IAMCS Executive Steering Committee. We spent time with Rabbi Charlie and Raquel Kluge as well. Rabbi Charlie's on our board at Beth Israel. We had time with Rabbi Jeff Foreman, who was at Beth Israel in the fall, and with uh, Rabbi and Rebison David and Leslie Schneier, who we started working with in Ukraine and Hungary and Russia and Moldova in 1994. Beth Israel, as a congregation, has a long history with the IAMCS. There have been 39 IAMCS rabbis conferences. Sandy and I started attending when we affiliated back in 1991, and we've attended 30 rabbis conferences. Last year, 2022, was a conference that, that we missed. I was recovering from open heart surgery. It was a joy for us to reconnect with lifelong friends and rabbinic colleagues. At the conference, I had the opportunity to speak to everyone about ONEGS and hospitality ministry in our Shalom Center, because I wanted to talk about how the hospitality ministry in a Messianic congregation is actually a foundational ministry and a very useful one for building up a congregation. And it requires rebuilding. And you know what? I found rabbis and other leaders came to me throughout the conference time, and they thanked me for speaking about the importance of ONEGs and hospitality ministries. A few came to me who said they needed help. One had lost their Oneg 
ministry leader. He died during the COVID pandemic. And so they didn't have a leader as they were now moving forward in this time of renewal and refreshment and rebuilding. Others had lost their hospitality teams during the times of lockdown or shutdown or whatever you call it. And those congregations want to start up their own eggs and hospitality ministries again. And so I told them that we would be praying for them. These are times that we're in and the needs that we have. So let's be praying for people with the gift of hospitality who love to serve with that gift. Let's pray for them to be bold and willing and available and to come forward in our congregation and in every Messianic congregation in the IMCS. I can also tell you that others came to me whose own eggs and hospitality ministries are going really well, and they're quite strong. And they felt encouraged and affirmed. They were just thankful that their ministries are being recognized and appreciated and valued. So let's thank the Lord for them. And let's ask God to keep encouraging them and bring increase and multiplication to them. And um, let me also extend this and bring it home in a practical way. Let's recognize the times that we're in and the needs we have and pray for the fulfillment of every need in many different dimensions. Some folks need healing, physical, emotional, spiritual. Some folks need hope. Some folks just need help. All over the Messianic movement, we're renewing and rebuilding and restoring and refreshing our synagogues, and we are preparing for what's ahead. Our Shabbat schools, our youth groups, our Torah service ministries, our technical and creative services, our onags, our fellowship, our teaching, our prayer groups, our families, our outreaches, all of these ministries need our prayer because they're important and they're useful and necessary to meet the needs during these times. So join me right now in this simple prayer. Lord, we lift up to you all these ministries and we ask that they would be refreshed and renewed as we move forward in this new year in our congregation here at Beth Israel and in the congregations throughout the Messianic movement, throughout the IAMCS. Let this be a time, Lord, of your great power when people freely volunteer and when people can serve together and not only serving in one way or another, in but in ways that are useful for our generation in these times and according to the needs that we have. And we pray for everyone, Lord, Lord, whose family needs your breakthrough, through healing, through reconciliation, through restoration. We ask, Lord, that you who are the God of the breakthrough would break through for us and on our behalf. Show us, Lord, what we're to do and how we're to do it. We ask this in Yeshua's name, and we can all say, Amen. 
In a moment, we're going to close with Aaron's blessing and a final worship song. But first, would you consider a generous contribution? You can go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving for all the details. Thank you for standing together with us. Together, we can do so much more than any of us can do on our own. And now let's close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, Ya'er Adonai p'navelecha v'yichudnecha, Yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasem lecha. Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and guard you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace.